Hey friends, it's springtime around the Birch household and we're looking at doing a little project in our backyard. You know, there are some things that I will do myself, but when it comes to a large project that I know I want to be great long-term, I actually find rather than doing it myself, I can save money and in the long-term, it'll be a much better solution if I use an expert. It's not really any different if you're planting a church or launching a new campus. Church planters who focus on building their core team and really partner with the portability experts at Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. The same is true when we're launching a campus. I say this to church planters all the time who are looking at launching a new location. You may have to raise a bit more money up front, but listen, your volunteers will feel more invested and in, they will give more and they will thrive. Listen, there are uh, systems that I bought 15 years ago from Portable Church that are still on the road. It makes so much sense to reach out to them. If you are launching a new campus or planting a new church anytime in the next six to 36 months, I really encourage you to reach out to them today at portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary. Again, you will save money in the long term and you will find a much better solution. Your volunteers will thank you for it. If you're launching in the next six to 36 months, reach out to our friends at portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary. They really are the portability experts. They want to partner with you. They're good people. Reach out to them today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited to have you with us today. Uh, I'm super excited for our guest. Uh, his name is G- Pastor Greg Surratt. He's a fantastic leader from a church that, if you don't know, I don't know where you've been. Uh, Greg is the founding pastor of Seacoast Church. They have, if I'm counting tr- correctly, 12 physical locations in North and South Carolina, plus Church Online. It began uh, way back in 1988 with 65 people in an apartment clubhouse and has really become uh, a preeminent church across the country. Greg is also a a founding member of ARC, Association of Related Churches. We've had a ton of ARC pastors on uh, over these last number of years and uh, just just love it so much. Uh, ARC is a fantastic organization that trains, coaches, and equips uh, hundreds of church planters. They've done, I think, a thousand church plants uh, across the country. Super excited to have you on the podcast today, Pastor Greg. Uh, glad to be here. It's an honor, Rich. No, we, uh, for folks that maybe have been following in, they'll know we're closing in on 600 episodes. And I know I said this to you, but I was like, who are the people I'd love to have on that I've never had on? And you were at the top of the list. So yeah. glad that you're here. Why don't you you're fill out the fine. story a little bit? Kind of what am I missing? Uh, what piece of the puzzle do, uh, you know, do I need to, we need to bring people up to speed on? Well, the most, most important part is uh, I'm married to my girlfriend of uh, <laughs> 45 years Nice. And uh, we were high school sweethearts, and mm. uh, I think we're still sweethearts. She still makes nice. my heart go, you know, whatever, pitter-patter. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I don't irritate her too much. So that's good. We have four <laughs> nice. kids. Um, they all live in the area. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have 14 grandkids, and that's the best part. 
And nice. uh, so that's kind of my life right now. That's fantastic. Well, through your work, through ARC and, and just, you know, your heart, I know you have just a, just a huge bandwidth, a huge love for leaders and church leaders. And, and so I really wanted to pick your brain as we're, you know, kind of two years out from the pandemic, we came through, which was a historically significant time as we, you know, kind of wrestle through what's next. I wanted to get your sense of the kind of conversations that you're having with leaders uh, these days. What, what would you say are some of the things that are kind of top of mind as church leaders reach out to you or you're chatting with people these days? What are the things that you're, you're wrestling with with them? Lots of soul care issues. Uh, mm-hmm. As you mentioned, um, I, I think the last couple of years are the toughest leadership challenge that mm-hmm. I've seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic and, uh, racial tension, elections, um, you know, the craziness of, you know, vaccines or no vaccines, all the stuff that we've all <laughs> yes. had. And what's interesting is I've talked to, uh, we, we started a retreat center about a year mm-hmm. ago, uh, mm-hmm. just to deal with soul care, uh, mm-hmm. for pastors. And so I've talked to over 500, um, mm-hmm. pastors over the last year. Uh, in pretty in-depth um, situations and circumstances. And uh, everybody's feeling the same thing. Mm. Everybody wants to know, uh, is it okay where I'm at right. as far as my church? You know, um, uh, uh, we're nowhere close to where we were pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Where Where's everybody else? There's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's comparison as much as it's just wanting to know, am I okay? Mm-hmm. And um uh, then, you know, uh, dealing with uh, heart issues, emotional issues, the trauma of the last few months. I know I was talking to one mm. psychologist and I said, it's almost like uh, PTSD. And he said, no, it, in a lot of cases, it is PTSD. Mm. You know, it's mm. it's just traumatic, traumatic stuff. And then, uh, you know, then where do we go from here? W- what do you think? You know, is, mm-hmm. is the church done? Are people mm. coming back? Who's coming back? You know, mm-hmm. just all of those kinds of questions. Yeah. Well, I'd love to dive into the soul care question a little bit. So I've spent most of my ministry career two, almost three decades, two and a half decades uh, in that second seat at that kind of executive pastor seat and have served with just incredible people as the lead pastor in the churches I've had a privilege to serve in. And one of the things I've observed from my seat is there's this interesting, um, it could be occupational hazard of particularly lead pastors. I think it's, I think we all do it to a certain extent, but I think particularly lead pastors can be prone to this or, or it's kind of built into their job where what we project publicly and how we're doing privately, uh, there can be a disconnect there. And there's a part of that that's like healthy. Cause it's like, Hey, we do have to kind of lead. We want to push people forward. We want to, you know, help understand, you know, want to give people, uh, hope for the future. And then that eventually, if we, if we, if that, if there continues to be a distance, a gap between those two, wow, we get into a dangerous, dangerous place. Help us understand that gap a little bit more. Why, why, you know, is, is that an occupational hazard? What should we be thinking about when we think about this kind of gap and, and, and where does it go from being re- reasonable, responsible leadership to like, oh, now you're in a dangerous zone uh, when that gap gets too large? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I've never heard it as an occupational hazard. I, that's probably right. You know, <laughs> I, I, always say that, I always say that discouragement is an occupational hazard of ministry yes. and uh, you're going to get there. You just got to figure out um, how do mm. I not stay there? Yes. You know, David encouraged his heart in the Lord. And, uh, so, and that's a whole nother issue, but 
Yeah, um, it, it's amazing how weekends come about every seven days. And, <laughs> right, and so, true. so every seven days, you've got to be um, incur- an encourager, you know, mm-hmm. with, a, uh, with a word from God. And um, there are times uh, in your life where you don't feel encouraged. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I... You know, I've done over the years uh, marriage series, and mm-hmm. actually, we don't do as many series on those anymore because every week when I would do a marriage message, mm-hmm. we would have the biggest fight that we've had, you know, in years. And yes. I have to get up on the weekend and go, yes. "Hey, here's yes. how to have a biblical marriage." So I yes. couldn't, I couldn't sustain a whole series on that. So right, you know, <laughs> but, you know, yes. uh, you've got you've got those type situations. If you have family, mm-hmm. you know, and and I would say, you know, one one uh, antidote is to always drive two cars to church on the weekend. <laughs> nice. Give me some extra time. Well, you don't have time. a fight on the way there. You might have a yes. fight before you leave, but you don't have one on the way there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, nice. th- those are little disconnects um, that, that happen. And if you're in any kind of leadership and if you're expected, you know, to, um, um, you know, produce a message or a lesson or whatever mm-hmm. it happens to be that you're doing, there are going to be days you just don't feel like it and you don't mm-hmm. feel it. And, mm-hmm. um, you've got to, um, by faith, mm-hmm. uh, do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you find yourself, that should be the exception. Okay. okay that's good. Yeah. And, uh, it is an exception that happens to all of us, but mm-hmm. it needs to be the exception. If that's the world you're living in, then Houston, we have a problem, right? Because, right. uh, integrity is I heard somebody define integrity as just being integrated, that the mm. inside is integrated with the outside. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to sustain ministry over the long haul, um, you, you need to have an integrated inside, outside, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, putting on, you know, putting on the, the, uh, the uniform and, Mm-hmm. sucking it up you got to do it every once in a while but that mm-hmm. is not sustainable uh, right. in the long run and that's where people crash yeah absolutely I, how do you what's your encouragement to leaders on who they should be reaching out to a part of what i love and i'm I'm not trying to pre-answer your question but a part of the way i love how arc is designed at a kind of um, you know, fiduciary level with overseers who are leaders from other churches. I think there's so much wisdom in that because mm-hmm. because it, it there's something about being able to reach out to leaders who are a little farther down the road than you. But but let's say you're listening in today, and there's a leader who ha- feels like, wow, it, it's not the exception; it's become the rule. I am living this gap all the time, and I don't know who to reach out to. Where do we send them? Where should we? Where should they be reaching out to? Yeah, first of all, uh, I like to say that every leader needs to sit at a table uh, with a group of people who love you, but are not impressed with you oh, so uh, good. where you can be real, you know, because your mm-hmm. church is impressed and they, mm-hmm. they should be, I hope we're living a life, you know, such that um, people are proud of that or people mm-hmm. will celebrate that. Um, uh, but uh, you've got to get a group of people around you that love you, love you, love you. They are for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to help you, mm-hmm. um, but they're not impressed with you. And uh, they can see things. You know, what I do with um, the, uh, and, and we'll more specifically try to answer your question in a minute, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in my own life, um, what I try to do with the men that are around me, and I've got two or three groups of them, is encourage them. I, I need 
men who will look for uh, you know, that will encourage me, mm-hmm. but will also look for pride in my life. If there's pride, mm. there there may be other mm. you know, issues and other types of sin, according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I need people who are, uh, they love me, but they, they are concerned about my future and mm. they want to help me to get from here to there. Now, the question is, what do you do if you don't have anybody like that? And that's right. where a lot of, um, a lot of pastors find themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the reasons we, started a retreat here in Charleston uh, mm-hmm. a year ago was to gather groups of about uh, 12 to 15 uh, people. And then usually at the end of that, almost always at the end of that, you've got a small band of brothers. Not everybody, mm-hmm. you know, takes the journey, but most do. And um, uh, you, you've got somebody that, to, that you can call on Sunday afternoon <laughs> when mm. you want quit. Here's what I want to do. I just want to watch a violent movie on Sunday afternoon. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to plan anything. (laughs) Just let me, let me, you know, uh, chill out. But you've got to find friends uh, in ministry. Uh, That's why we say don't do ministry alone. You got to find friends that Mm -hmm. are a band of brothers who go, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've been there. I am there. Don't quit. We're going to be okay. Let's talk it through. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to find that. And where do you find those? Um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned uh, overseers. Yeah, uh, that's one avenue of of uh, you know use that. Some people just appoint overseers, which are uh, elders, uh, pastors mm-hmm. outside of the local church. And some people just um, you know a- assign them, but don't really um, uh, use that and use right. that right. avenue. And that's that's important. Uh, mm-hmm. Other friends in ministry, uh, sometimes in the same town. Sometimes mm-hmm. that gets weird. Um, and uh, so, so, you know, um, a- another uh, possibility are yep. mentors. Yep. Uh, just, and I like to say, you know, don't ever say no for somebody else. You know, you say, well, I'd mm. love to have so-and-so speak into my life a little bit. Well, ask them. Right. Ask Reach them. out. That's absolutely yeah. true. Uh, yeah. Give them a Starbucks card, you know. Right, totally. Let's sit down and let's talk. Or can we do it once a month, you know, or uh, once a quarter? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's been very effective to me too, also, are uh, counselors. Right. And uh, I have a counselor uh, mm-hmm. who happens to be on our staff. It's cheaper that right. way. <laughs> <laughs> nice, love it's, that. Yeah, Fantastic. but he's my friend, and uh, he also is um, an eight on the enneagram, so mm-hmm. he loves to you know, get to the issues, lean in, lean in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm a three. So I want to lean out and look good, you know? Yes. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, but it's, you, you've got to have uh, men, women in your life who um, uh, care, care enough to confront, care enough to, you know, encourage in, in the, in the confrontation mm-hmm. is encouragement. I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't know me, don't confront me, you know, I'm not right. listening, but right. if you know me, um, I, I want people around me that can, that can do that. And sometimes a counselor, um, can get you through a stuck point. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll come back to the retreat center. I want to hear more about that, but I want to loop back on something you said about, you know, that question that you keep hearing people ask, is that like, where do we go from here? Um, you know, I think there has been a lot of questions, you know, we're all, we seem to be wrestling with this, you know, uh, you know, what is, what does our church online attendance mean? What does our weekend attendance mean? Who knows? What does all this mean? Is anyone ever going to come back? <laughs> you know, so what are you seeing on that front? What are you coaching churches to be thinking about church leaders to be thinking about on that front? Yeah. Um, first of all, um, 
pre-COVID attendance uh, ought to be a number that you write down somewhere, put away, and don't look at anymore. You yes. know, that's Amen, brother. That was, Amen. That was <laughs> yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and this is today. And, you know, um, uh, some people are, are looking at it as a, this is a relaunch, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe you've got 50 people on your relaunch team. Well, that's pretty good. Yes, or 100 yes. or, you know, 500 or 1,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't know what the pre-COVID number was, I'd probably be pretty excited yes, about, true. you know, wh- where we are and what we're doing right now. And uh, so, first of all, but let's put that number away. Um, secondly, um, who who is, let, let's take care of the people that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I look around sometimes in the parking lot or, uh, on a weekend and go, my goodness, I'm amazed that this group of people has shown up today to mm-hmm. worship Jesus and listen to a message. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. It's an act mm-hmm. that God would use you, that God would use me to do that is absolutely amazing. I'm not entitled to thousands or hundreds mm-hmm. or even tens. I'm, I, I just need to, to say, God, thank you. And mm-hmm. I am going to be the best pastor that I can be possibly. I had a, just an antidote. I had a, mm-hmm. um, you know, the online thing, you never know who's, who's watching online. And right. I did a message the other day and a, a, um, a fairly prominent person. I had no idea was mm-hmm. watching online and, um, and took issue with something I said. So we had a conversation and, uh, in the conversation, I realized that this guy who I didn't know, I had opinions about is looking to me to be his pastor. Mm, he doesn't wow. need a critic. Uh, he doesn't need somebody that's, you know, worried about why we don't have as many people as we had before the, the, uh, the pandemic. He needs a pastor. He needs, right. he needs somebody to love him and care for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I re-upped in that moment mm-hmm. to just care so for good. the people that God has placed around me. If God put him, uh, on our online or in our church, um, then I need to do my best to care for uh, what God has given me. Um, you know, while it's true that if I'll be faithful and little, God will give me much, that's not the motivation. The motivation for me is, uh, am I the best pastor I can be uh, for mm-hmm. the people that God has given me? And then he's, he's well able to. Galatians 6, 9 is you know, kind of my life verse. Everybody else gets a word every year. I've only gotten one verse in my <laughs> lifetime. And it's, sure. it's the same one every year. Just a little <laughs> new insight into it. But mm-hmm. uh, it says, don't be weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. For in due season, he'll bring a harvest. Mm-hmm. The harvest is coming if we don't right. quit. And uh, what do we worry about? We stress over the harvest. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when you take responsibility for an area you don't have authority over, that's God's authority, mm-hmm. then you're going to be stressed a lot. Mm-hmm. And so harvest is coming, whether mm-hmm. that's one, five, 5,000, God knows what's best for me and for our situation. Um, but um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to forget pre-COVID numbers and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, pay real close attention to who is there yes. because they need a pastor. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And, you know, we hear that time and again, so many church leaders I've heard say that in this season where, 
you know, they're like, I stand in my lobby on Sunday or in our lobby on Sunday morning or on the weekends. And I'm like, there's a ton of people here who I just do not recognize. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of new people that have come back to our churches or are at our church. And man, we do not want to miss those people. We don't want, because we're thinking of people who might've been here, you know, two, three years ago. Uh, gosh, that would be a huge, huge mistake. I love that. That's great coaching, Greg, for sure. So pivoting to ARC, I, I just love ARC. I, I think what God's done through the band of friends that you pulled together there to do the thing that, you know, has happened is, is just amazing. When you think about those thousand now plus churches, um, what would be a few of those standout traits of um, the core teams, the people who are going and launching churches that seem to thrive and, uh, and make it? I'm sure there's things that bubble to the surface of like, here's a, a couple of those things that we just see time and again are uh, the kinds of uh, groups of people who uh, plant churches that, that make a difference and thrive over the long haul. Well, I think, you know, I think you need a visionary leader mm-hmm. um, that, you know, has a vision for a community. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think that's probably the most important. It is an important aspect, mm-hmm. but I think, um, I think somebody that can create culture uh, is mm. hugely important um, mm. uh, f- to last. And what does that mean? Um, in its simplest form, uh, culture is just treating people right. Um, Jesus, you know, said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's not, that's not real deep. That's not real. It's, Mm. it's hard. It's not, Mm -hmm. it it is kind of, um, simple, um, but it's difficult to pull off. Uh, Paul says, treat older men as father, younger uh, men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters. And he says, by the way, don't hit on the sisters. He says, do it in all purity. Yeah, uh, that's not rocket science. Yeah. It's family, but he's talking about difficult, um, difficult conversations in that particular passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we can create a culture, if I, if if a pastor can create a culture where people feel loved, they feel mm-hmm. valued, they feel you know that um, their needs are are important, and there's not this hierarchy of who's important and who's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, if if you get somebody with a vision that can create that kind of culture mm. um, and, and then empower leaders, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, that they don't feel like they have to do it all themselves and can trust God that the leadership that we need is probably either in the house or in the harvest. And so we're mm-hmm. going to believe God for it and look for it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I, I love doing is, um, you know, uh, speaking prophetically into somebody's life mm. Mm. Uh, like, like Jesus did. Uh, mm-hmm. Where he said, uh, you know, you you were um, this uh, uh, to to Peter. He said you you were kind of swayed in the in the wind, you know. And now you are Peter. You are a rock. You were Simon. Now you're Peter. And we see that several places in in Scripture. You know, with with the Apostle Paul, who was Saul. Now he's Paul. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the symbolism there for me is is to take a look at the people that God has given you. Mm-hmm. And rather than wishing for someone or something you didn't have, it's let's call out prophetically what is in those that God has given us mm. and develop those. So if you, so kind of a long answer, but no, that's good. If you get, if you get a, a visionary leader who knows how to treat people right, create culture, and can um, can uh, develop leaders, can call out um, the the potential in those around them. 
to me, that's a real strong um, recipe for future success. Yeah, I love that. And you had mentioned there that you feel like you've had a shift or nuance in your time, particularly with you know, adding that culture creator piece in there. You've seen that. It's not that you didn't think that was important, but you've seen that as more important. Um, maybe talk a little bit more about that. What has what has shifted in your thinking around that over the years? I don't know that I wouldn't say that I didn't think it was important. I okay. I didn't. I never thought about it. Right. Uh, you know, we started Seacoast 35 years or 34 years ago, just mm-hmm. about exactly. And uh, um, I was all about vision, right. you know, vision, vision, vision. And mm-hmm. I really didn't pay a lot of attention to culture. I didn't even know how to spell the word. And, <laughs> and then when you, uh, you know, when you start to add people to the team, um, every organization that has more than one person is going to have issues. Right. <laughs> you're going to have <laughs> sure. hurt feelings. You're going to have, you're going to have issues. You're going to have hard conversations. Uh, you're going to want to avoid them or, or push in too strong with them. And, uh, that's, that's where culture, um, culture meets vision and, uh, culture will, will eat vision all day long. If you have a bad culture where Mm -hmm. you're turning over people and turning over people, or maybe it's just negative, 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 Mm -hmm. that's going to, that's going to chew up vision, um, every time. And so as I began to see that, man, it's important, it's hugely important, the environment that we work in the environment mm-hmm. that we worship in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when, for me, it made a shift to say vision's good. Vision's important, but culture trumps vision every time. Hmm. Well, just to honor you, uh, you know, publicly, one of the things I love about Seacoast is, you know, I've been in ministry long enough that you hear rumors of other churches. And one of the things that resonates off of Seacoast is that's a good place. That's a good place. That's a, you know, that's a, um, you know, that's a, that's a good house. That's a place where, you know, that you guys treat your people well, you treat your staff well, you know, there's good things there. So that, you know, clearly something's happened <laughs> under your leadership over the years there. So I uh, wouldn't want to let that moment pass. So thank well, you thank for you. you know where you've led that for sure. We do the best we can. And I want to, uh, you know, I want to, I want to have a house that I'd like to work in. Sure. If I wasn't, yeah. if I wasn't the first one there, you know, which is mm-hmm. basically the reason I was in charge is because I was the first one there. And <laughs> if nice. I'm not the first one there, why would I stay? Why would right. I, why would I want to be here? And, uh, so that's what we've tried to create. Nice. Well, one last area I'd love to pick your brain on is just, you've been such a strong advocate over the years of reaching unchurched people. That has been, uh, you know, a key part of, of your ministry, at least as an outsider. It's been someone that I've, I've seen you advocate for decades for that. How have unchurched people changed over your time? How, how has the, you know, what, what's different today than, than maybe 35 years ago when you uh, first got started in this? Yeah. You know, 35 years ago, it was about, um, kind of leave them alone and, mm. uh, let them be anonymous and, mm-hmm. you know, all that went around, went around that. And, you know, I mean, there are some uh, fundamental values that probably are similar, but, uh, I think today, um, people want to be a part. They, uh, mm, we, we have a lot so of people that join our serving teams before they ever join the church or make a commitment to Christ or, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that is they want to, they want to make a difference with their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, um, and when I say they, you know, that's a broad brush. There are, there are as many different mm-hmm. kinds of people as there, as there are methods. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, 
I feel like a lot of people that we're in contact with don't expect you to be perfect. In fact, they, they suspect if it's too perfect. Uh, right. If the, okay. If the it's too glossy, uh, if it's too <laughs> glossy, I've said for years and years and years, rough it up, put some sandpaper on it. That's too, mm. that's too slick. That's too glossy. Mm. Um, and I, not just of the experience, but I think of the leaders too. Mm. We want to be mm. examples, but if we're all the time, you know, nailing it and it's wonderful and life's great. Uh, there's not going to be very many people that really are interested in that because their life isn't. And so help me, how do you navigate the hard stuff in life? How do mm-hmm. you navigate, you know, the, how have you gotten through? And, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't think you have to be as perfect. In fact, if, yes. you're, if you're more perfect, it's probably not a good thing. Right. Um, more authenticity and, mm-hmm. uh, more involvement, uh, participation. In fact, mm-hmm. we've changed our worship over the years from being, Hey, you don't have to participate in this to highly, highly, highly participatory. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. I just recently was talking to some 20 something leaders and uh, we were reflecting on this exact point. And I said, you know, when I started in ministry, uh, there was this idea that, that church leaders were like the perfect example. They were like, in fact, you wanted, it was like people wanted distant leaders who were kind of like, uh, they were superhuman. That was kind of what, and, and you could see these leaders look at me like, what are you talking about? That's terrible. I can't believe that. But I'm like, it's true. Like that was, that was, it was almost like that was the framework we were given. Uh, and that we all know that's just not true anymore. I uh, love that. That's, that's so great. Greg, I wonder if you could tell us about the retreats you've been running. Give us a bit of insight into that a little bit more. What does that look like? And and if there's people that are listening in today, we've touched on a couple issues that they might say, hmm, maybe that's the kind of thing I'd love to be a part of. Tell me sure. a, little, a little bit about that. Yeah, I be, I began to, we began to notice um, a few years ago that we were doing a pretty good job of cranking out church plants. You know, we've, yep. we've, got, we've helped people plant a thousand of them and mm-hmm. We're going to do a thousand more. You know, I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. We're not going to stop doing that. Uh, but it was a little bit more difficult when it comes to keeping guys in the game. And mm. uh, I think we've all uh, seen uh, and heard examples. Is it uh, a pandemic right now of pastors falling? I'm not sure that it is. I think that social media amplifies whatever is done. But mm. if there's one, it's not good. And we've right. all heard about many. And uh, so the idea was, what can we do uh, to to help guys live well and finish strong? That's mm-hmm. that's kind of my motto. I want to mm-hmm. live that. well and I want to finish strong. And uh, so we nosed around in a little bit. I've I've uh, taken guys on some retreats, and and then um, um, a absolutely beautiful piece of land, sixty six, actually one hundred ten acres mm-hmm. on the water, just thirty minutes from downtown Charleston, which by the way, is one of the most beautiful romantic cities you can bring, you know, your spouse to, mm-hmm. but, um, a place opened up and we almost immediately began hosting, uh, groups of pastors, 12 to 15, uh, mm-hmm. pastors for Monday through Thursday. And, mm-hmm. um, they come in and we tell them right away, um, there's no agenda, uh, you can take a guilt-free nap if you need to. In fact, one guy mm-hmm. took 
took a guilt-free nap every day. Hadn't taken one in his life. I mean, yes. he had six or seven kids and planted a church during COVID. He needed a nap right. desperately. Yes. Uh, but uh, we've got all kinds of things to do. Fishing is just world-class and mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of things that, that we can do and we make uh, provision for. But the idea is to come and just relax, mm-hmm. experience the peace of God, at night, we process around a table uh, mm-hmm. what God may be saying, what he's doing, uh, and it has been just amazing. It really has. Yeah. It's, we're, we've, done, uh, we've had 500 leaders, and wow. we're still looking for the first dud group. You know, the, the group, the group <laughs> it could it be this week. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. It could be you, all right? Yes. <laughs> what an advertisement. Does. Come, be yeah. the dud. <laughs> What's fun? Let me tell you what's fun. Yeah, I mean, we've so done good. all kinds. We've done church staffs. We've done guys who are friends that come, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all fun. But the most mm-hmm. fun is when you get a group of guys um, who don't know each other and right. oftentimes don't have that friend in ministry that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And if, uh, if, if people want more information on that, is that the kind of thing like they, do they have to know you like no. a secret handshake to find out? How do they? No. How do they find out about it? Go online at um, retreat at churchcreek.org. Okay. Retreat at churchcreek.org. Get all the information you need. Uh, send us an email. Sign up. Mm-hmm. Come. Uh, and uh, we'd, we'd love to have you. Love it. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, Greg. I, I will put that, we'll link that in show notes, friends. So if you're wondering, you can just scroll down and click on that. We'll make sure you uh, you get there. But Greg, is there anything else you want to share just as we're wrapping up our time together? I really am just so honored that you take some time to be with us today. You know, just uh, what a, if you're a leader, what a privilege it is. It's been a tough two years, but you know what? Um, those types of experiences established leadership. I think of Mm -hmm. Joshua in the Old Testament, who was, you know, the assistant to Moses. Moses dies. First thing Joshua has got to do is get people across a river at, you know, the flood season. I'm sure there were complaining, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, do this is the wrong time. If Moses was here, he would have thought all this through, all that kind of thing. And God takes Mm -hmm. Joshua aside and he said, watch this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to establish you in this crisis. And they're mm. going to know that I'm with you just like I'm with Moses. And I just want to really want to say to leaders right now, um, God is establishing you in this mm. crisis. He never wastes a crisis. You hang in there. Uh, God has, God's got this. He really does. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, uh, and boy, that'd be another longer conversation, but I believe just like uh, when I was growing up in the sixties and seventies and it was a crazy time, um, and people wondered, where is America going and where is the church? Um, the largest revival of our generation broke mm-hmm. out in the Jesus People Movement. And I think that we're on the edge of that kind of breakthrough. And mm-hmm. what a privilege it is to be a leader during these times. Greg, what a great, encouraging word. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.